Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Today we're talking about career wounds. So uh, if your company is not operating at a 90% or above acceptance rate for offers, then your hiring process is majorly broken. So last week we talked about setting a proper framework to embark on successful hiring campaign. And today we're going to talk about one of the most important elements in making great hires. My name is Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Hire Power Radio Show, where our purpose is to help companies solve the most difficult hiring challenges. Today we are talking again to our friend Aaron Wilson, who was our guest last week. Um, so it's Aaron Wilson Part Two. Aaron, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Rick. Absolutely. So rather than me writing, reading your bio, I was just going to have you uh, tell the uh, our community a little bit about you in your own word. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Well, I think it's important to note I've always been a candidate advocate. So started my career in technical recruiting, helping people find jobs uh, in the technical industry, moved up to the Bay Area uh, to take on the role of head of talent at a video tech company and eventually spent some time at Yahoo working on programs and systems all in the end, uh, of course, affected the candidate experience. There you go. And now you're with your co-founder of your own company. Yeah. Took the plunge uh, last August, quit, started a company called HirePool.io, and uh, we're here to empower job seekers of all backgrounds. Today it's like a CRM for the job seeker, Rick. Okay. Excellent. Now, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but... So after the show last week, um, you and I connected back up and we had a conversation and we said, you know, hey, let, let's bring you back and let's actually talk about and provide maybe some technical techniques that somebody can implement today. So we decided to tackle the importance of, of a career wound, which, um, you know, in most terms tends to be, hey, um, so why are you looking for something new, right? So first, let's talk about what I call a career wound, but, you know, Others might call a, a reason for looking or, or the why. What is a career wound and why should somebody care? Yeah, I lo love the terminology. Uh, <laughs> the wound is real. You know, um, you know. I think that uh, you, you touched on that when, when we talked to job seekers. You know, Hopefully the first question uh, all of us are asking them is, what do you want? And what do you want out of this job search? And when I think about the career wound, Rick, that's really the story behind the want. Why do you want that? How do you want it? A lot of times that comes from previous context, or in this case, the career wound. Yeah. Well, I think it's a little deeper than the want, right? I think the wound and the want are both very uh, interconnected and both equally as important. I think in sales, they call, you know, kind of a wound like a trigger event, right? Like you want some sort of pain point in which you can solve. And I think uh, in recruiting, we don't really look at recruiting as as something that, hey, look at we can we can help heal something as opposed to, you know, we've got a job we need to fill and, and it's kind of self-serving. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that that speaks to the idea of, of putting the candidate first or where are they the patient in this in this analogy. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but you know, that, that's right. Digging deeper. You know, trying to understand um, more more than just to go forward plan or what do they want to your point. But you know, what was the crystallizing event in the past? You know, what was the inflection point that brought you to here, to this conversation? Yeah. And is influencing where you want to go. So, so I agree with you. I think there are many layers there. 
And and I found that the challenge is getting somebody to open up about this, especially when you first start talking to them, right? So I've created, for me, kind of a, a specific verbiage that actually works really, really well, which is what's happening in your current role that is making you open to hearing about something potentially stronger for your career? It's an open-ended question, but I found that a lot of people... I found that I turned into somebody's bartender at that point, right? They just start, you know, opening up. And um, I don't know if that's something that you dig into or you've dug into in your practice, but. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love I love the balance between uh, it's a broad question, but there's this element of specificity, right? Because yeah. um, you're talking about the role. And I think when we start with what, what do you want, for me, that being the tip of the iceberg, but similar to your question when I start with something as simple as you know hey this is this calls about you and this whole process is about you and aligning what we're working on here um, let's just start with what you want bam and that's the key point here it's about that person that's right and you know they lead with what's important to them called it out you know they may they may start that story with let me tell you about my current manager (laughs) they might start that story with uh, I'm an ambitious person looking for career growth and I've been you know and I've reached the ceiling um, but they're going to lead with what's important to them, and you know, I think that's really our job as candidate advocates, more than recruiters. We're not just filling jobs; we're really guiding people in in their career. Yeah, and you know, the candidate advocacy standpoint that you take is key, and I think that a lot of companies don't look at it from that angle. It's more about, hey, I need to fill this job. I need to get this work done. That's right. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to have all kinds of problems. But you know. It, then you run into a situation where companies make bad hires, and that's a whole other episode as well, which might be Aaron Wilson part three. <laughs> so I, did, uh, I tell my co-founder I quit. I've got a new job called Higher Power Radio. <laughs> Why not, right? Um, hey, you know what? If you could come down every week for uh, for a co-host role, I'll have you in here every time. That would be awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about what wounds are. Um, to me, wounds are, you, you have kind of two things. You have both good wounds and, and bad wounds, right? Um, or actually, I call it cautious wounds or like, you know, um, sticky ones. So a good wound is something that like lack of career recognition or career growth or maybe unkept promises um, the work content might have changed, not gaining the technical exposure that they want. The work isn't challenging. Company failing, you know, that's a, that's a big one. My company's going under. Uh, restructuring or management changes. Or geography. Commute uh, is, is often a big thing, especially you see it up in the Bay Area quite, quite, frank, quite often, right? Um, you get somebody who lives in San Jose who's commuting up to San Francisco, that's a that's a rough commute, um, and then we Real get commute. <laughs> yeah yeah, and then um, we have what I call cautious wounds, which are things you really need to dig deeper into. Um, money is always a be very cautious wound when somebody leads out with money. Now it could be somebody's underpaid in the market, but in most cases you hear a lot of yeah I'd be open to looking if you pay me more money. Um, that's not really a wound. That's kind of a disqualifier more than anything else. But also, you know, personality conflicts, uh, you really have to dig deep on where that's coming from. Is it them or is it the people they work with? 
And then one other one that I've... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Aaron, you were going to chime in. Uh, no, you're good, okay. Rick. I was, uh, I'm, I'm rifting with you here. Okay, cool. And then uh, mergers and acquisitions are kind of a, 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 an iffy one, too, because a lot of times... Um, you end up being aligned as, as more of a backup plan, right? If things don't go well, then I might be able to make a move. You know, I think these are a few things that companies should be aware of, at least, when when they start deciding to move forward on, on a person. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the landscape there, Rick. And I think, you know, just to reiterate how important topic is, I mean, this is the single most important factor in their thought process, right? In yes. their decision-making process and end. And um, for us, just remember um, that it's this collaborative process we have to work through. So um, is it a good use of our time? We have to be experts at assessing these wounds. And um, I think in order to do that, uh, what I love you called out is, you know, there are a few variables. There's the person themselves. There's the environment. And I think in a, your good wound scenario, there's there's a good person in a somewhat uncontrollable environment, right? Yep. And the recovery from that wound. What might be interesting to talk about is the concept of, self-inflicted wounds, you know, and this is something that um, you hear often. We talked about money as a leader, but how about growth, you know? Why, yeah. why are you leaving? Because I want to grow. And when I hear growth, man, it's, you know, got to be quick to follow up with, what does growth mean to you? Yeah. You know, let's talk about if you're getting that opportunity or not. And sometimes what you find, unfortunately, is that the wound is, you know, it's not from the environment, but it's from the individual, and it's the behavior that they do or that they don't do that's creating that wound and sort of the self-fulfilling prophecy. So, you know, I think we have to be, again, experts at it, but that, that's another type of wound I would certainly say is on the table. You know, and that's something that needs to be addressed with the candidate in the conversation. So these self-inflicted wounds, have they addressed that with management? Are they fixable? It is, in essence, um, not necessarily helpful to your company if you're trying to fill a role, but if a person actually can fix the issue within their own company based on a conversation with their manager, you know, that right there is, is invaluable for career uh, candidate advocacy, right? That's right. You know, and I, you know, there's, there's a couple of potential scenarios, but in one case, you, you help them, they, they solve, and they, they stay. They don't join your company, but the, the impression you've left on that person um, will carry into the talent community. Yeah. You know, and this generates referrals. And I think on the flip side, um, if you do end up hiring that person, you've done the diligence of going deep on that wound and understanding, you know, what their ability is to address their own wounds and yeah. what management in their previous environment capped out. And then when you think about, hey, how do we set up this new hire for success? What does a working relationship with their new manager look like? You have this completely new, fresh meaningful perspective right yeah. on how to set that person up in their career yeah definitely so people will tell you things though that they want to talk to their manager about you know that i, I guess that would be a topic for another <laughs> part four um <laughs> <laughs> but you know so so i i think just letting them know that they should discuss it with their manager and maybe helping them out could could help them to get rid of that self-inflicted wound correct yeah, and it's funny. I, I mean, I know you said this. Like, we we make for boring radio talk because we don't argue that much. But um, <laughs> you know, you you um, you know had made the point that 
they don't, it doesn't come easily, you know, and I think we, for us, we really, we can't be surface level, you know, yeah. it takes time for people to open up and share that wound. So, um, if you listen first, you know, if you put them first and listen, they oftentimes get there. What I found by the time you get to the bottom of it, it's very therapeutic for them, right? You've helped them work through something that they don't, they've never understood. Yeah. And you no, know, no expert before this point has helped them work through. Um, so, you know, how could they have possibly faced it? Or adjust it, or done anything to improve the situation within their within their control, and just by having that sounding board, just to talk through, you can make a huge impact in someone's career. I mean, not just that search, but helping them helping them become more self aware, helping them understand they have the tools to solve those types of problems, which which can be make or break in your career. And bam, right there, you just said it. Have impact in their career. All right. We're going to take a quick break, Aaron. When we come back, I want to talk about why companies overlook this, for one. And um, and uh, <laughs> here we go. And we've been talking to Aaron Wilson, the founder of HirePill.io. Um, talking about career, man- or career wounds. When we come back, we're going to uh, discuss the topic and move it further. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back. Uh, we're here talking with Aaron Wilson, the founder of HirePool.io, before I had my tongue all tied up. And uh, we're taking talking about the importance of career wound. And um, now we're going to discuss kind of moving forward you know, why do you think, Aaron, so many companies kind of overlook this this piece of the puzzle, I think, when, when engaging people? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a hairy problem to me because you have, there's actually a problem from a, from a business standpoint and there's a problem from an individual standpoint. Sure. I think about, you know, recruiters in general, and I'm one of them, so I, you know, I hate to lump us all together. As am I. You know, the, right? And the majority of us, and the skills that make you good to some extent in this job speak to speed and execution yeah. and what can be, you know, more surface level tactics. Sure. So I think in, by nature, we, you know, we, we learn and we move on, we learn and we move on. And sometimes we have to just sit still and dig deep. Um, but the second piece is in the way that, you know, talent is indoctrined into to the businesses, you're here to fill uh, jobs that suit the business's needs. And that's always been the role in the company more than, hey, you're here to understand the external market's career desires, right? So yeah. that in the end, it all works out. So, you know, I think there's both the personal skills that we bring, but then there's just the historical nature of talent that has to change. But yeah, it, but here's the thing, too. If, if that hire does not work out, who usually gets the blame? Oh, that's right. Well, and I think, you know, <laughs> right. well, I mean, look, here's a good example. I mean, here's a good opportunity for us to build the partnership with our HR friends. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. okay, you know, part five of this, this radio show can be HR and recruiting, you know, and how, and how that's grown up. But, I, but you know, we're, every time we bring someone in, we haven't dug through the wound. 
be careful. You know, we'll probably be booking this whole year. So, <laughs> yeah. but you know, if you feel it's like if you bring in an uh, you know an open wound, who's the paramedics? Because it's not the talent team at that point. Yeah. And so you know, you're really doing everyone a disservice um, from the candidate to to the company intent. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So now that we kind of have an idea of what a wound is and the importance of it, you know, let, let's talk about when do you walk away from a person that you've engaged? You know, you have this need, you need to bring somebody on board. And it's really difficult as a recruiter to walk away from a candidate who you know, based on what they've been giving you, that they're not going to make a move. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I, you know, hopefully in an ideal state, the process is so thoughtful and modular that you have the opportunity, right, to make the best decision at any point in the process. But I think the the two key areas are at the very beginning, right? Yeah. And then also um, before you go to offer, right? So you put yep. that on-site, you know, right right before the final on-site, okay, you have your sense. So on the front end, just for me personally, if, if you're digging into reason for leaving, if you're digging into career wounds, and you're doing so with tact, obviously, because it's personal, yeah. If the if the candidate's not being transparent, and there isn't a level of, of reason in that conversation, I would walk away at that point. You know, and it's not a it's a you know for one reason or another. All right, we don't have transparency or trust in this dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I'm not suited best to help yeah. understand these things. But I think towards the end, and we talked a bit about strict. You're about to bring someone on site. You're about to invest. Call it eight hours of your team's time. You know, it could be an $800 day, it could be an $8,000 day, depending on the role. And, uh, and then you're going to get into a series of conversations around compensation, which have, a, which have other impacts. Oh, yeah. Before you invest that time, right, I would make sure that you're touching on that crew and again, and that you're in a position to win, you know, win-win. Yeah, yeah. Well, the career when you know, people need to be reminded of this throughout the process. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, that piece that I was talking about earlier where you kind of coach that candidate to go in and talk to their manager, you know, have them do that. If they actually do that and it doesn't work out in their favor, then guess what? They've just confirmed that wound even more. That's that's a piece I think that's often overlooked too. But you mentioned trust, right? And I feel like the more that we talk as recruiters, the less we're trusted. And the more that they talk and they're kind of the the more they trust us, right? The more we listen, the more we're trusted. So yeah, that that's right. Now you've got a situation where, if you kind of just continue listening through the process and let people tell you what needs to happen in order for them to be open to accepting the role. Again, we 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 mentioned it last week. Usually, the money and in the rest of it just kind of works itself out. Yeah, absolutely. What we're talking about here can be a as simple as asking questions like, you know, hey, I understand it's a busy market. You're actively interviewing. How many other companies are you talking to? Sure. You know, and it's not a, it's not a crime to answer that question, right? And you're no. Asking it, but, but as you ask them questions and they share information, the follow-up questions taking genuine interest in their career based on that wound um, will oftentimes inform all of us whether or not we should move forward. Absolutely. And it's so nice when you come to that point of collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I've had scenarios where, you know, somebody's been interviewing at another company. It was like exactly what that person wanted. And, you know, where it becomes tough is the hiring manager really wanted that person too. But you have to be able to make the call and let the hiring manager know, look, he's not going to accept our offer. He's got an offer here 
there's just less money, but it's it checks off all of his boxes of everything else that the guy is looking for. That's a tough that's a tough place to be in sometimes. Yeah, it's really hard, and um, you know I got to tell you, you remind me of a quick tangent. I know we're going to run out of time. I'll be quick, but in a previous life, we had lost a candidate. You know, I had just started the company. We had won, I think we had hired ten in a row, and then we had our first turn down. And I came in the next morning, and the manager, to your point, was was really upset. You know, yeah. and uh, he looked he looked at me, and all he said was, "Aaron, your job's really hard. I get it now." And, uh, you know, it was this moment. I was like, wow, I never heard that from the engineering leader. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, why, why do you say that? And he said to me, in short, uh, I really wanted this candidate. Yeah. I believe he, he belongs here on my team. And I'm hurt. And you know, I invested so much emotionally. And what I realized is you do that with every single candidate that walks in the door in case we want to hire them. But we reject 99% of them. Yep. And I don't know how you do that. And, you know, the funny part, I turned and said, uh, look, this wasn't the right opportunity for him, and it wasn't the right hire for us. You know, and lo and behold, the guy chose money over opportunity, and Ooh. he was very happy over the next year where he went, and so were we, you know, because that, yeah. that, that wasn't the type of people we hired. So I think in the end, it all worked out, but that moment in time where he felt, where he could express that, uh, I thought that was pretty special. But you know what? I think it's rare, though, when somebody accepts money over opportunity that it does work out that well because i i've i've seen it backfire probably more times than not oh yeah absolutely yeah. well and, you know on our on our agenda here counter offers can can file into the table of contents there. yes show number seven <laughs> <laughs> all right so as we're kind of wrapping up here let's talk about how kind of understanding this will ensure a successful hire for a company so I, I think without knowing wounds and wants, um, like you know, you're really setting your company up for counteroffers, offer shopping, forced decisions, people who don't start, fallouts. Um, do you see any other kind of issues with that that, that creep up with you know not a thorough process on this front? Uh, I mean, yeah, you just talk about the candidate experience. You know, if you're talking, not listening, that uh, job seekers pick up on that. And yeah. in today's world, that becomes market perception and that becomes Glassdoor. <laughs> there you go. And then that becomes expensive because you have to pay Glassdoor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> what, does, what, what does digging into this one simple thing like career wounds, what does that do for a company? What, what advantages does that give you as a company to, to successfully bring this person on board? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the concept of career wound helps you understand that as a company or as a recruiter, our role in this is, you know, to help them in their career. It's not a job search wound. It's a career wound. And by putting ourselves in this position, we're, we're actually developing empathy. You know, and so that empathy is this key benefit I would talk about. It's not something hard you see a lot of the times when you talk about hiring. Yes. But um, it's an incredibly valuable uh, attribute both in hiring and developing people, running a business. So it's this value proposition that you can you can implement there, but that has you know exponential value over time. So I just I think you really you really develop empathy when you're when you're putting their career and their career wounds ahead of your business needs. Yeah, yeah, and I think taking that a step further, so like allowing 
the company to connect the dots and also kind of position the opportunity properly for that person uh, based on what they want out of their career. Well, then you get the, of course, the byproducts just more tangible, right? Your onboarding is much more productive. Your the performance over the time, the duration of that employee tenure, we know is longer on average. So, I mean, there's really no downside to this approach. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It shows that you care. It shows that you care, too. And it does, I think, emotionally invest somebody into uh, a company much more, too. So, you know, you'll gain 100% commitment from that person you hired. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, if they think that by helping you accomplish your goals, they're accomplishing their career goal, right? Now you've got the right incentives in place. So very true. And we're almost out of time, but Aaron, so I want to give you an opportunity to give us like a little, um, a quick plug on hirepool.io for our listeners. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Rick. I mean, you know, uh, all of this experience we've talked about and just taking the phone calls from the friends and the family and just realizing that been a few decades and still no one's really helping people manage their career only now it's more important than ever so i think long term we really view you know higher pool as the world's career platform that's where we want to be okay and is it available for anybody to use right now uh so you can go and you can hit the wait list up but we clear that every couple days okay so if you go to higherpool.io hit the wait list um, we'll have you there in within 24 to 48 hours excellent all right. So, Aaron, thanks again for your time investment in, you know, addressing this again with us, part due for the higher power community. Again, now, what's the best time or best way for somebody to reach you? Yeah, I think, you know, really easy to find me on LinkedIn. It's Aaron, E-R-I-N, uh, on LinkedIn. I'm really responsive there. You can also find me on Twitter uh, or drop an email to ew at higherpool.io. Excellent. Now, I want to thank you again for, uh, for being here. Uh, thanks to our listening audience for tuning in to this week's show. Um, a quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts. He's cheering over there. Our producer, Andrea Ballin, Haley Stern, Shanti Ryle, and our executive producer, Kim Iverson. To listen to this and any past episodes, check out our website at higherpowerradio.com. Or uh, check us out on iTunes, Higher Power Radio. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. That's uh, Rick, R-I-C-K, Gerard, G-I-R-A-R-D, or at Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in. Tune in next week as our guest will be the legendary author and recruiting trainer, Lou Adler. He's. Um, we're going to discuss really drilling into the power of networking for referral sources of talent. Thanks for listening again. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.